Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm your host, Scott Livingston, and this is where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter, Built by Scott, and Instagram at King O'Kane, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page, Scott G. Livingston. My goal is to empower and inspire a community of people who take every opportunity to live a high-performing life. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Seven years ago, Jamie and I set out to answer a question. Can you integrate the worlds of therapy and performance so that they work together for the benefit of the client? We knew that if we could create something truly tangible that was inclusive instead of exclusive, it would allow you, the practitioner, to solve more problems, work with purpose instead of a cross-purpose, and in the end, you would earn more income by working smarter, not harder being fulfilled, and sought after for your solutions. After creating reconditioning and witnessing the change of so many professionals' lives and practices, we knew still there was one more ingredient we needed to make it a bulletproof process. For so many years, the brain and central nervous system were not clearly understood. There were a lot of theories and interesting practices, but the research just wasn't there to support the claims. But in the last 10 to 15 years, the world of neurology has come out of the laboratory into the world of real application. We knew this was the missing piece of our process, bringing the current practices of applied neurology into the empowering practice of reconditioning. Introducing Neuro-Reconditioning. The R-Pro series, four steps, one mission, to make you the neuro-reconditioning professional everyone wants to work with. If you haven't started yet, it all starts out with our signature course, R1 Foundations. R1 is about learning the building blocks of assessing and improving functional movement through the lens of applied neurology. Maybe you've taken the first step, but that's a bit like being a freshman in a college. You've only just begun. R2 Designs empowers the process even further so you can assess and improve any human movement, understand the visual and vestibular system, and then integrate your work into performance programming and return to performance. Both of these courses are completely online experiences, so you can digest everything from the comfort of your home, hotel, plane, or office. But knowing that there is so much value in trying, doing, and living the experience with us by your side, our new R3 Collab is about you experiencing the full power of the process in a living lab. Troubleshooting your issues, fixing your problems in real time, and gaining real confidence in the process, as well as learning how the brain integrates and manages everything we do. Finally, our R4 mentorship is about exposing your knowledge, refining your approach, and learning through a powerful feedback process so you can be a reconditioning professional everyone wants to work with. For more information on all our course offerings, including our landmark personal development program, Empower You, please check out reconditioninghq.com today and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 off any one of our course offerings. I'm excited to have my friend Brad Thorpe and his company Isofit involved with the Leave Your Mark podcast. His mission is the same as mine, helping human beings live better lives. He doesn't want to see you let an injury force your retirement from the sport or activity you love. For decades, physiotherapists, athletic therapists, and chiropractors have recommended isometric strength training to help speed up rehabilitation from injury and included it in return to sport protocols. I know I use it often in my own reconditioning process. Whether you're goal is performance enhancement, injury prevention, or injury recovery, the all-new Isofit MSK takes athletes from the therapy room to the podium. To learn more, visit www.isofit, that's isofit with a P-H-I-T-M-S-K dot C-A, and 
And remember to use the discount code, leave your mark, three separate words to save $500 off your ISOFIT MSK purchase. I want to thank Greg Lawler and Matrix Fitness for being a long-standing sponsor of the Leave Your Mark podcast. Matrix is indeed leaving a mark on the fitness and performance industry today. In the last 20 years, Matrix has become a global brand that employs over 7,000 people worldwide and delivers over 500 products catering to the medical, fitness, and athletic performance markets. Matrix has a wide range of programming solutions, and they are dedicated to creating deeper partnerships with their customers everywhere. Matrix has many ways of making a relationship work for you, the customer, and offers rental and various financial incentives to assist the financial constraints of adding premium equipment during this time of inconsistent revenue. For more information and free consultation, go to teamupwithmatrix.com forward slash CA. That's teamupwithmatrix.com forward slash CA today. Everyone struggles with the challenges of life on a daily basis. You're not alone. But if you're like most people, you feel alone, even when you're in a great relationship or a good work environment, because it's so hard to honestly reflect on your insecurities and obstacles with the people that you love or serve. After all, everyone wants to present themselves as being on it, prepared, ready to meet the challenges of life head on. But you know that's not how you always feel inside. Do you sometimes feel as though just having someone to bounce your ideas off of would be something you needed? Maybe you wish you just had someone who would listen to you so you could vent without the fear of judgment. The LYM Life Lab is about real mentorship. It's about me listening to you, connecting, empathizing, realizing, and reflecting so you can make better decisions, create your own change, and live a life of fulfillment and joy. It's not about living the perfect life. It's about living a better life. One you design, craft, explore, and experience within a safe place of objective perspective and honesty but no judgment. In the coming weeks, I will be opening this program up to an exclusive group of people, people who want to see real change in their lives and are willing to work towards real growth. This isn't a program for everyone, but if you're up for the challenge, you'll want to pay close attention to how to be included in this powerful experience. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for how you can be an instigator of your own change. Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm your host, Scott Livingston, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Brad Thorpe. Brad is the patented inventor of the ISOFIT Strength Trainer and ISOFIT MSK and a serial entrepreneur. Brad's career as an exercise and performance specialist has spanned 28 years. In 2006, Brad became the 21st specialist to achieve the combined designations of Master Level Resistance Training Specialist and Muscle Activation Technique Specialist. Brad Thorpe is the father of uh, Tyler, his daughter Tyler, and husband to Colleen. I met Brad through the internet. He became a fierce advocate for our International Hockey Performance Summit and this podcast, and I wanted to sit down with him and understand his journey because he has accomplished so much as an entrepreneur. Welcome, Brad. Scotty, it's a pleasure to be here, and obviously I love everything you're doing, and hence why I reached out, and here we are. Here we are, finally. It's, uh, it's about are. time, actually, that we have this. We were supposed to do it with beers in front of us, but I guess we'll, we'll save that for a, uh, a, live, a live session at some point. Well, exactly. Trust me, there's enough beers to be had. I, I will give you that. It's, uh, well, the interesting, because you're in Montreal, so I was introduced to this, and this obviously is not a plug for them, but um, Sober Carpenter is an alcohol-free beer. I don't know if mm. you're familiar with it, because it's just out of Montreal there, and you're up in Tremblant. Uh, blew my mind. 
unbelievably oh, yeah? great. Um, uh-huh. But we're we're gonna, we're going to drink the good stuff. We're going to drink the alcohol <laughs> stuff. So who's kidding who? Um, I'll I'll take my uh, elusive state of mind. Uh, you know, after a couple of brewskis, there you go. <laughs> hey, trust me, trust me. I'm there with you. Um, hopefully, and actually physically there with you, um, so we can do that. Um, you know, this year at the summit, not um, virtually, but we'll see how things play out over the next sort of six months. To be honest, yeah, I was doing some planning on that today, uh, actually, and it's going to be hopefully epic, but this is about you. So tell me, um, you grow up where, and what are you dreaming about when you're a little boy about man? I grew up in a small town called Acton, Ontario. Hmm. Um, so we basically less than 4,000 square feet. Like I'm a country kid. Like I had a horse track in my backyard and horses and, you know, basically, um, grew up with that farm kid lifestyle looking after animals. And it was absolutely beautiful. And realistically, the only thing I was ever really into or good at as a, as a child and teenager was sport. Um, so I started exercising at the age of 12, like lifting weights and doing all that stuff to be better at sport and subsequently got really into it from a mental perspective, from a physical perspective between farm labor and lifting weights. I was like this unbelievably strong kid, um, from an athletic perspective, played junior level lacrosse. So I was a goon in lacrosse. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so by the time I was like eight or 18, I was like in 40 bare knuckle fights, um, had a, what I think I'm up to 15 concussions, all this good stuff. Wow. Um, when I was 19 years old, uh, actually 18 years old, I went to George Brown College in Toronto for a program called Fitness and Lifestyles Management, played varsity volleyball. Um, used to play for like club level. Um, there was a thing called Pac or not Pac-Man. I sponsored Pac-Man, um, West, West side volleyball. And we were like one of the top programs in the country at the time. Uh, so I went to school on a volleyball scholarship. So I was mm. one of the first Canadians to go to college in Canada on a full scholarship. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, had my hands in multiple sports along the way. And then when I'm 19 years old, I figure out I have blood pressure issues. So my resting blood pressure is 150 over a hundred. Absolutely crazy. And they're like, well, you need to start exercising. I'm like, I'm exercising 28 to 30 hours a week between sport and actual training. I can't get physically healthier. And that was kind of this, my, my, my starting point as to why I do what I do, which is, you know, really get into the world of exercise, dive crazy deep. Um, and as you know, because you're, you're familiar with muscle activation techniques, you're familiar with the resistance training specialist program. So basically achieving at that time, like uh, the specialist designation for muscle activation at that time was what it was. It was like one of this great, um, you know, um, understandings and viewpoints into the world of the muscular system and how you perform human movement and assess human movement. And you've had Greg on your show and what that man has done for society is unbelievable. Um, so that gave me insight into this world of exercise and performance training. And, you know, from there, uh, two clients walked in and one day and said, Hey, Brad, that's great that you're doing all this isometric stuff. But there's no wall space at my gym. So I said, oh, interesting. Well, that's no good. Like you're, you go to a 70,000 square foot gym and, you, you know, this guy over here has got like a 25,000 square foot gym. What do you mean there's no wall space? <laughs> but, you know, but you've been to a gym. 
they somehow manage to put all the equipment up against the walls or it's covered in mirrors. And the only place, and you'll, you'll, you'll love this story. The only space within a traditional gym setting that there's wall space to do isometrics and utilize that wall as a restraint source is the stretching area. <laughs> and so I'm lying down on the ground doing like an exercise. I mean, basically it's hip, hip approximation where I'm pulling my left knee into the wall, crossing over top of my right knee in the 90, 90 flex tip and knee position. And so all of a sudden this, the, the aerobic class ends so I'm lying there doing like an aerobic, like an isometric against the wall. And all the, the basically, let's call them, uh, women come out of the aerobic class. And we're going back to like 2008. So they're all decked out in this, like, you know, it's pre-Lululemon. And they, they still got thongs kind of going up their butt to a degree. And, you know, this outfits are kind of skimpy. So the women start doing all their stretching, like post-aerobic class stretching. And all of a sudden, so I'm lying there doing nothing. The aerobic class ends the the manager of the facility comes over to me and it's like excuse me sir you're going to have to leave i'm like for what he's like well we've had a complaint against you just basically insinuated that i was being a pervert yeah. uh, because i was lying there and all these women were stretching and i'm doing what appears to be absolutely nothing and it's like oh interesting <laughs> okay great not what you want to be known for um you know at any point in life but as a you know guys trying to come up with a concept and doing some uh you know basically market analysis to figure out what what do i need to do um so eventually i'm sitting there and i come up with a concept of like how do i create a fancy wall to bring into the middle of a room. Um, so, and you've see, seen the larger the, sort of the strength trainer and really what it is, it's a protractor stuck up against the base and that protractor serves as a, a sidewall. And then I have a pivoting arm that goes over the top to restrain movement in the, the, the frontal or sagittal plane, depending on if you're prone or sideline or, or, or supine. And then it was like, kind of like, okay, great. I got an idea, got a concept and then one of my clients comes in later you know after I sort of thought about the idea which subsequently I came up with um, in the bottom of my shower which is traditionally where I go to escape and think so I'm just sitting there and it's like oh my god I know how to do this so I jump up out of the shower go to my office create a basically a workable model out of cardboard glue and paperclip and then my client comes in later that day, and he happens to be um, one of the senior partners in Canada's largest law firms at the time, which is Fask and Martineau. So this guy's name's Ruben. So Ruben comes in, and I said, Ruben, I got an idea. And Ruben leads with, Brad, you're an idiot. Just shut up. Uh, and I'm like, no, but like, seriously, I got an idea. Now, Ruben went to a yoga class and had his neck broken by the instructor trying to achieve more range. And this makes me sound bad, but, you know, he did achieve more range. So congratulations, Ruben. And if you knew him, you would sort of look and sort of say, I can see why she broke his neck. <laughs> He's a great guy. Um, so that was basically the start of the journey. So I was very, very fortunate to get some unbelievable support from the beginning because, um, you know, to come up with a, a patentable idea it is a massive process. Um, I know you know some people that have gone through the process. I don't believe you've gone through the process yourself, but it is um, crazy expensive, an absolute nightmare of a roller coaster, and there's obstacles left, right, and center like you're walking through this minefield. 
So Ruben introduces me to his patent lawyer and his guy named Armand. So I go down and Armand's like totally excited about exercise and he's an avid sort of strength trainer himself. So he's like, this is amazing. Um, love the concept. So we go through the process. And what you have to do initially is file a patent search to see if you're going to be infringing on anybody's um, basically um, intellectual property. So I get a phone call about three weeks later from Armand and Armand goes, Brad, I've never seen this before. Like, what are you talking about, Armand? And he goes, well, in the U.S. Patent Office, there's a classification for exercise equipment, but there's a subclassification for isometric exercise equipment. He goes, Brad, there's virtually nothing here. You know, and back in 2008, I mean, nobody was even talking about isometrics, let alone, um, you know, taking time to invent a product or anything like that. So we go through the process of starting to draft a patent application. And to give you an idea of where I was in my life relative to dollar value. So I'm like bawling, and I think I got like $25,000 in my bank account at this time. And so Armand goes, hey, it's going to be about 15000 bucks." So I look at it and go, okay, cool. That leaves me with like ten. Um, I'm engaged. I have a business, so cash flow, things are going to be fine. But I'm pregnant, or I'm not pregnant. My wife, my girlfriend at the time is pregnant, I'm subsequently becoming my wife, um, because she had some health issues, so she had some massive fibroids. And they said, sort of told us, if we want to get pregnant, hey, you might as well start now. It's going to be high risk. It's going to have, um, you'll probably lose a couple, um, you know, uh, pregnancies along the way. And we go, okay, like I'm 35 at the time, she's turning 30, so we figure why not. And month one, we get pregnant, which is like not what they told us. We said we had 18 months of sex and 18 months of trying, uh, <laughs> not month one and no more sex. Uh, just so it's like, what do you mean? Um, this, is, this is not what I signed this up for here. This is not for. the deal. You know, and it was basically... First time having sex since the time she told us this to, to pregnancy uh, or be, becoming pregnant. And so, as I mentioned, like I'm bald and I get 25 grand. So now I have business, patent application going, and a pregnancy. And I did mention it was high risk. So we're going to jump forward a little bit more. Um, we're going through the pregnancy. We're going through the patent application. Subsequently, they're all coinciding with the, one another. And so it is an unbelievable stressful period of my life. And 28 weeks, my, water, my wife's water breaks. And, it, you know, we're sitting and we're sleeping and she jumps up. She's like, my water broke, my water broke. And I start laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, you peed the bed. This is so funny. And she's like, no. And the amount of water that was coming out, I'm like, wow, that's absolutely crazy. So we jump in a cab, um, run down to St. Mike's, or uh, where would we go? Uh, Mount Sinai Hospital uh, down in Toronto, and which is like a 15-minute cab ride. And all of a sudden, by the time we left our home to the time we get to the hospital, I can actually see the outline of my child in her abdomen. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. Void of the fact that, you know, it's three months early. Um, so we get there and we're like, okay, well, like, I don't, I, like, I'm so dumbfounded. I don't even know what next steps are. 
So they look at me or they look at us and sort of said, okay, we can give you a shot, which will slow the pregnancy. The amniotic fluid will come back, but you're going to be at the hospital for the next three months. And we're like, oh, that's not good. My wife has a business uh, that she subsequently loses. Um, I then look at my life going, oh, this is crazy. I have my wife now is going to be in a hospital for three months. I'm doing this whole patenting thing. So five days later, after a grueling sort of existence, um, our daughter comes. Um, so the, the, the hold on and all that sort of stuff, and we had to have an emergency C-section to have our child. So born at 28 weeks, five days, two pounds, 12 ounces. So it's absolutely crazy. And now the reason I tell you the story, because it's a really it's part of my journey, to be honest, and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great part. Um, so I'm visiting my daughter now. She's at the NICU. She's been downgraded because of, like, success. So she gets moved to a different hospital. My wife is at one hospital because she had some complications with pregnancy. So now I'm at a different hospital. So I'm going to juggle going between two hospitals to see my wife and my daughter, which is crazy. Remember that guy, Armand, my patent lawyer? So I get a phone call. So he's like, hey, Brad, just want to let you know, we're now done our patent application. So it's taken us six or seven months to draw this thing up. It is about 104 pages. It is an absolute juggernaut of a patent. He goes, I just want to let you know that we've had some overruns. I hope you're sitting down. (laughs) What do you mean? He's like, well, it's $42,000. What? What? Yes. And I'm like, exactly. So I'm like, you got to be absolutely kidding me. It's $42,000. I'm financially crippled because my wife just lost her job. I have a kid. I have this. So I post to Facebook, which is what I've done since basically Facebook's come out. And I basically put, wow, you know, can't believe this. $42,000 bill. <laughs> like, I'm absolutely effed. And I get a phone call 15 minutes later. Brad, I can't believe you didn't phone me. And I won't use her name. She's a very private person. So we'll call her, you know, madam. Madam, what do you mean? She's like, well, I saw your post. Like, yeah. She's like, I'm like, oh. She's like, I just want to let you know, I have a check for $100,000. I'll deliver it to you on Monday. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And so this woman, based off a Facebook post, and I I know her, she's a former client and, you know, a great friend. So she calls me up and tells me that she's got a check for $100,000 for me. Wow. So I can start my journey. And it's like when I look and I talk about paying things forward and I look to help people who are struggling, who need help. This is where mine comes from. Mm-hmm. Isofit wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this woman. Um, the journey wouldn't have started. Nothing would have been achieved. And with Isofits, you know, jump forward. Um, the U.S. Army is a client. I have professional sports teams that are clients. We're in 19 countries with over 275 customers all because of this woman. Wow. Paying it forward because somebody was kind to her many Mm. years prior, Mm. helped her out so she was in a position to pay it forward. 
So you look at stuff like that and it's like small town kid to growing up becoming the 21st specialist in the world with my dual designation to having the U.S. Army call me. I didn't pitch them. They called me as a solopreneur to say, hey, we heard about you're doing some stuff with isometrics, to having my product used by NHL players, NFL players, NBA players, a whole bunch of team well, MLB players as well. So we're in all the major sports leagues. UFC, like I think there was a window there where we had over a two-year period, our athletes using ISOFIT won the World Series twice, different athletes two years in a row. UFC gold. So, but we can't mention these players due to, you know, privacy rights and nobody wants to know that hey hold on athletes are using your product to unbelievable success like yeah they are but they don't want to get license their name to the product because that costs or it should cost me tens of thousands if not millions of dollars because of the athletes of who they are um, so it's like okay cool uh, so we cool. basically live in a, a obscurity behind the scenes with a lot of just extraordinary people well, so hold on a second before you keep going, because you're probably going to break the record for one answer to one question. <laughs> well, as long as I can do that. Host, I'm not going to be much of a host if I just sit here and listen to you talk for an hour, which would be beautiful anyways. But I want to I wanna unpack the inventor in you. So if we go back, you, you're a farm boy. You, you get into this exercise specialist career obviously you're making some income from this you're doing okay for yourself packed away some money but what where's where's the inventor gene in you where does that come from and why do you believe you can actually invent something and act that people would actually want to buy um insights um and a lot of brash self-worth um i've always loved myself i've always been somewhat egotistical in the sense that um there's been an era of self-confidence my whole life. Um, to be honest, most of it was fake at the beginning. Um, and then eventually, some t- at some point in time, it became, oh, I actually like truly know something that people want to experience, they need to experience. And I read this book um, called, uh, dun, 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 very good question. Um, I'll circle back to that when I remember what the book was. But it was basically just a... <laughs> Go, go in the opposite direction of what everyone else was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole world of exercise and performance has always been about movement. Um, it's never really been about strength and stability. And I, rec- I, I use the word strength based off of isometric strength versus dynamic strength. And when we talk about submaximal lifting, a 1RM, you know, when you truly look about it, it's submaximal. It's not as much force as you can generate in an isometric environment. So... Once I started to package it all together, and then it was kind of like, oh, interesting. Mm. I'm doing all this stuff with isometrics and neuromuscular re-education. But then I heard about a study out of McMaster University that said isometrics was good for blood pressure. And I've never run faster at a single area in my life um, than this, because it's like I've been searching for an answer for my own blood pressure issues because it was 150 over 100 when I was a good athlete at 19. So this was when I was about 34 years of age. Um, so I studied everything and I've studied pretty much every 
article on isometrics that pretty much at this point has ever been written um, because I became obsessed because it was going to help me. And it just, the subject area is so diverse and so vast. Um, it's everything from Alzheimer's all the way through to Parkinson's, to blood pressure, to sport performance, injury management. If you look at some of the stuff Ebony Rios put out, out of Australia, tendon, tendon health, tendon recovery. And, um, you know, we can strategically grow bone with isometrics. But where does the inventor side I like solving problems, mm-hmm. and I love helping people. Uh, traditionally, my goal was to help one person. I was fortunate enough I could do that hourly. Um, so I was always from a satisfactory perspective of knowing what my vision in life was going to be was I'm here to help people. I'm here to mm-hmm. serve. And this is just a part of that continuation. It's part of the process of going, I just like helping a lot more people. A one-on-one training, which I've done like over 50,000 hours of that uh, to date. Um, I've been very, very successful with that over the course of my life. Wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Now I can do it on a mass scale. I can help other people help more people, mm-hmm. whether it's earn money or get better physical health and performance results. So all well, of that. On that subject then, um, for the you know a lot of the listenership, there's people who were practitioners or are practitioners like you were, and then uh, may have an idea for an invention or a business, uh, what they want to do. What's, what's your sort of Coles notes, um, you know, advice for starting a business and creating some success in it? Because obviously you've transcended the invention and created something that people want to buy and want to, and it's, you know, creating an income stream for you. How, how did you do that? What, how did you transfer from this is an idea to, you know, this is something people want to purchase from me so that the person listening maybe can learn from that a bit. Quick break here and we'll be back in a couple of seconds with our podcast guest. The reconditioning process is powerful, it's provocative, and it has become a sought-after capacity in the human performance world. ReconditioningHQ.com has released the R-Pro Series, a four-step turnkey process to integrating the worlds of therapy and performance. Four steps, one mission, to make you the reconditioning professional everyone wants to work with. The first step is R1 Foundations, and it's recently been turbocharged with the injection of applied neurology. We are extremely excited about what this new capacity is going to do to your ability to solve problems and serve your client. For more information about the R-Pro series or any one of our empowering courses, head over to reconditioninghq.com and take advantage of our free 5 hours video that takes you through our groundbreaking method of improving mobility. A new era of performance training is upon us. Maximize your isometric endurance, strength, and functional performance with the all-new Isofit MSK. No matter what your sport, Isofit will help best prepare your body to tolerate the forces associated with it. This not only reduces your chances of sustaining career-limiting injury, it will also enhance your ability to perform at your highest level. I really like what Brad Thorpe and Isofit are doing, and I encourage you to learn more about their mission by visiting www.isofit, that's isofit with a P-H, msk.ca, so isofitmsk.ca today. And remember to use the discount code, leave your mark, three separate words to save $500 off your Isofit MSK purchase. 
Matrix Fitness is about performance innovation, and I'm proud to have them with me on the Leave Your Mark podcast. They recently named my good friend and awesome performance coach, Mark Fitzgerald, as their head of performance team, which is a bold statement for anyone who wants to know they're working with the best. Matrix has all kinds of interesting lines of equipment. The Matrix Glute Trainer addresses the discomfort, inefficiency, and danger of working with loaded barbell during hip thrusts. The Matrix Glute Trainer accommodates resistant bands and weight resistance and is customizable to different body types and sizes endorsed by many and comes at a cost below others on the market the matrix s drive is a sprint performance treadmill that supports sprint training resisted sled pulls and pushes all on the frame of a standard treadmill the seven feet by three foot footprint of the S-Drive is non-motorized and is perfect for coaches who do not have access to a track or want to provide coaching in real time with the athlete. The non-motorized feature and flexibility in a simple machine keeps benefits high and investment low. For more information or a free consult, go to teamupwithmatrix.com forward slash CA today. We're back. Enjoy the rest of this podcast. Find out where the biggest problem in an industry is. Um, Find out what's missing and what's needed. For me, I had those two clients walk in and say there is no wall space, which triggered the thought process of going, I need a wall space. So whether it's, you know, a new pair of skates, a new pair of soccer cleats, a a new way to catch a baseball, think about the inefficiencies of something you're passionate about. Because you got to have passion and you got to have the willingness to get kicked in the face repeatedly, hourly, secondly, um, because it is an ugly journey and most people do fail. Um, you know, there's been days where I'm just looking at looking at whether it's the IceFit MSK or the larger unit going like, why did I go down this? And if you don't have that passion and that conviction to the idea, maybe it's not for you. Um, but what you need to do is you need to get a great team around you. Like I have great legals. I have great design, uh, like, um, mechanical design teams around me that, that look, and I outsource everything. I'm a solopreneur. So it, mm-hmm. ISOFIT is only me. And mm-hmm. then we have outside, uh, people doing great things, but find, find that passion and find that niche, right? Cause obviously you, you live in the world of performance as well, and they're bringing out great products all the time. And you look at some of the stuff, whether it's TRX, whether it's the BOSU ball, whether it's a different style of treadmill, um, you know, where they, where they don't have a motor and stuff like that, you know, there, there's just geniuses around. Um, one warning I will give to everybody when talking with people, when looking at bringing on investors, have them invest in a company. Don't have them invest in a patent, the IP, because they're not the same things. And what I'll, what I'll bring up is if I own 99% of a company and you own 1% of the company, you have zero rights to that company, basically. If I own 99% of a patent and you own 1% in the patent, you have equal rights hmm. because your name is on that document. So you can steal it. You can license. You can do it. Sorry, it is not stealing. You own it. Right. You can do whatever you want. You can license it away. So there, there's massive risk associated with IP protection that you need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a patent search by yourself, I would recommend hire a qualified patent attorney. It's expensive. 
but you don't want to go down the road of you know inventing a product, going through the manufacturing, bring it to market, and then find out you infringed on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the um, the the, the or Suzanne Summers pro- product, mm-hmm. the Thymaster. Mm-hmm. So she, I think she grossed out at basically eight hundred million dollars, and then found out she infringed on somebody's patent and lost it all. Wow. <laughs> Really? You know, so, wow. yeah, so some of this stuff, it, it's really expensive um, to make a mistake. So try not to. Um, so there's that. And then make sure you go through the testing process because with exercise products or performance products, you know, you can injure somebody. Like, unfortunately, Peloton had a thing a couple of weeks ago, you know, where they announced that a poor child died you know, a four-year-old child died because it got, its head got stuck under one of the, like their new product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's absolutely tragic. So those things are real. Um, so those keep you up at night. So it's about how do you protect yourself to the best of your ability, i.e. bring out a great product, do the engineering, don't chintz out on it, have a higher price point because you're putting better quality product or materials um, and go through the testing process. Make sure it's sound. Make sure it's, uh, you know, and from your, your own right, make sure you get the insurance and protect yourself. So there's, th- those are some things you'd want to think about. And you end up building also your own uh, brick and mortar gyms, right? Like you run your own facilities in Toronto and yep. how many of those do you have? And how did you embark on doing that versus uh, just selling the, the ISOFIT Pro or the ISOFIT MSK? The gyms came first. So I started a company called Striation 6. So we're an 11,000 square foot training and performance center, downtown Toronto. So I started that um, in 2005. I just finished the RTS program, the MAT program. I did both of those simultaneously. Um, and then the, the the people that I was working with, they sort of gave, they came to me with a contract offer that was, um, you know, I, I didn't like, we'll put it that way. So I opted to leave their company and I started Striation 6 as a home-based business. It was a 400 square foot facility. And we just, each year we were just looking, how do we grow? How do we get better? So in 2009, um, or actually 2008, we went from a 400 square foot facility to a 2000 square foot facility. Then in 2010, we moved up to an 11,000 square foot facility. So we still have that. So, you know, the last year has been great from a, a, a selling a fitness equipment. Uh, but the gym industry has been decimated. So, mm. you know, so we've had some ups and downs, uh, depending on what side of my life we look at. So we have the 11,000 square foot training center, and it's a full decked out gym. Um, so we have all, you know, we have Kaiser, we have, you know, Cybex equipment, we have everything you would traditionally have in here as well. Um, All of the stuff we also have, um, our smaller facility, which is dedicated solely, so it's the ISOFIT Strength Zone, and that's dedicated solely to ISOFIT Strength Trainers and our methods of exercise there. And prior to COVID, we were looking at renting space in New York. We were about, like I was applying for my visa. We were going down there to basically open up shop in New York City to compete with the big boys um, to sort of say, hey, um, we believe in a method. We believe in a concept. It's unique. The results we traditionally see defy logic. Um, you know, over a given month, we see about a pound of fat loss per hour of exercise, uh, which is insane. 
Um, and that's all without diet, without movement-based exercise. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's a, a conversation for a whole different day uh, about the effectiveness of isometrics for fat loss or, you know, cardiovascular improvements. But you look at that and it's like, okay, well, we have that concept and we'll roll that back out in 2023. So we're going to take 2022, focus on the MSK. Uh, we started a media company dedicated to the MSK because it's like, how do we get this information to the public. Cause you know, if you got an MSK, it's like, thanks, great product. I don't know what to do. So it's like, okay, well let's bring out a media company. Cause um, you know, part, part, part of the, you know, your question where it's like, Hey, how do you become that entrepreneur? How do you become that guy? You find a problem and you jump forth straight into it head first, reckless abandonment with no thought process behind it. Um, it's traditionally what I do. Um, now the dumbest, the dumbest thing I brought to, or looked to brought, bring to market was a yoga block. So I had a yoga block company, which, um, I watched a YouTube video or it's actually a Ted talk. And it was a guy named Eben Bayer. He has a company called Ecovative Design. He's in Rochester, you know, uh, New York. So upstate New York. And his passion was how do you take mycelium, which is the root structure of mushroom and, eliminate styrofoam from the world by building packaging material. So I was sitting there watching, like I watched this video. Then I, the next day, like literally the next day, I'm training one of my clients and she's squeezing a foam yoga block. And I thought, yogis love eco, like eco products. They love the idea of nature and wonderfulness and styrofoam sucks. So I sent them an email and said, I want to know if you can build me a nine by four by six block. Um, it, it got lost in their spam. I get a phone call a couple of weeks later. Um, yeah, just following up about this email, are you still interested? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm interested because right now I'm like way more interested because I now got some time outside of watching a single episode of a six minute talk. Like that's how long his talk was. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I can be down in Rochester tomorrow. They're like, what? Like, yeah, you said you needed, well, I want to meet who, I want to see your facility. I want to see who you are. I want to see if this can move forward. So I'm one of these people that makes decisions, jumps full forward, never thinks twice. I'm going to lose some. I'm going to win some. It's going to be great. I think that's part of my, you know, my goon mentality. Um, so I didn't win all the fights. I'll tell you that. Um you know, so it's, so I, I jump in a car, I drive seven hours with my business partner and we sort of say, Hey, this is going to be great. Um, and the Toronto yoga show was 71 days later. Uh, so we rented a booth at the Toronto yoga show and we showed our product. So we ended up with six yoga blocks and mycelium. So that's the root structure of mushroom. So it was grown in a carbon neutral facility shaped in a mold that was specifically designed to look like a yoga block. And we show up at the Toronto yoga show and everyone absolutely loves us. They go, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. A yoga block that's growing that I can just basically throw away my basically my garden when it's done because it deadened the material. Um, so we did that. That was probably the craziest thing I've ever done. Um, but it was well received. Unfortunately, we couldn't get it to structurals like the, the, the requirement, like compressive loading was fine. Um, torsional loads, which you would never use in yoga. Um, the block would break because there was just fibrous material. So they're like, well, we can put a lattice structure in there, but it's like, well, that kills my story. 
because uh, I don't want to manufacture. They're like, well, it still wood. I'm like, yeah, but the wood doesn't, it's not the same. Um, so I've been all over the sort of fitness space from personal training to locker room attendant, basically like gym floor guy, like this fitness is all I've ever done. Um, so be passionate about whatever it is you do. I don't like, you know, and my 12 year old daughter, um, you know, whatever she wants to do, just be passionate. You'll figure it out. You'll make mistakes along the way. As long as you can respect yourself in the morning to some degree, enjoy life. Um, That's awesome. And so yeah. you just mentioned your daughter, like go back, you had this, uh, this moment where life kind of changes and all of a sudden you've got this early bird that comes to and lands in your lap and now you're a dad. How does that affect or change your reality and decision-making? Because at one, you know, when you're a maverick and you're your own guy, you can pretty much do whatever you want. All of a sudden you're a dad. So how does that change you? Where does it? Um, it didn't, it made me take more risks. It made me, <laughs> makes me push harder. Um, I carry a huge life insurance policy. So, I mean, um, if I do die of a heart attack or get hit by a bus or whatever, um, I know they're financially secured. Um, so in that sense, so I spend more money on insurance per month than I do in personal investing. Um, you know, and the reason for that is because, well, investing, you're, you're, you're playing like this. If I die, she gets this huge sum of money. So my stress level associated with that is kind of like, okay, well, my wife and daughter are looked after. That's great. Um, but what it does, my daughter's very interesting. So when I think I was down to like $5 with, uh, you know, businesses and all of this stuff. And I, I got a date with my four-year-old daughter. We're going to see this movie Frozen. And it's like, we're going to go for pizza. Then we're going to go get a frozen doll at Toys R Us. And then we're going to go to the movies. So this is my daughter. So just to give you an understanding of who she is as a human and how awesome she is. So four years old, she looks across the table as we're sitting there having pizza. And she's like, daddy, it's okay. We don't need to go get a doll today. We can just have pizza and a movie because she understands the financial stress we're under because we talk about it with her. She's never been excluded from conversations. Um, and that doesn't mean it was like, oh, we're out of money, can't do anything. It's like, no, the reality is we just can't afford much. We need to sacrifice to get to where we need to be. So then she goes, but can we go get the doll tomorrow? And which was absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's the type of person she is. And, you know, I sacrifice in the sense that I'm happy to go without to get to what I need. Like I'm turning 48 on Friday. So what are we today? Tuesday. So last October was the first time I ever owned a car. I'd never bought a car until I was 47 years of age. Um, never owned a house. Um, never, never had any of this stuff. I've always been an apartment dweller. I've always scrimped um, in order to get what I want in life, where a lot of people will, you know, one of the things people will say is, that, well, I can't afford. You can. You just got to give up a whole bunch of the stuff you don't need. Mm -hmm. And I've sacrificed 10 years of my life to get to where I am. Um, so now I own a car. Yay. Um, <laughs> um, June 30th. 2020, we closed on a property. Um, so I was looking, and this is an epic, epic story. Again, you've seen some of the stuff I post to social where like I'm looking at this beautiful ocean view and all this sort of stuff. So what I did, I was chronically searching oceanfront properties anywhere in the world, didn't care. Just always I've strived to own an oceanfront property. I don't swim, by the way. Uh, I just love the water. 
So I go to Kijiji, like I type into Google actually, and Google says Kijiji's got some ocean from properties. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Go to Kijiji. I've never been on the website at all in my life. And scroll down, look through some stuff, and I find this house. It is so um, ugly, and it's like derelict. It's like derelict. It's like disgusting. And I look at it, and I'm like, that's so gross. $99,000 as is. No septic system, no running water. Um, knock, basically, it's a knockdown. And so I look at it, and it's like there's five photos attached to it. I look at photo one. I'm like, oh, what's that black stuff on the front? Oh, I think that's mold. Oh, that's gross. Photo two is like a different angle. More mold. Photo three is like, oh, that's like rot and mold. And that's disgusting. Photo four was the shoreline. I was like, oh, damn, that's interesting. Photo five was a topographical outlay of the property. It is about a 750 meters long. Um, 300 feet deep or 100 meters deep, but it's got half a kilometer of oceanfront. Wow. So me being the guy I am, if you think I jumped at the opportunity to talk to Eben about like some, um, some mushroom type stuff, um, I email the real estate agent and I think I led with, do I need to put a down payment on before I show up? And the guy goes, um, it's been on the market for nine years. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, I'll be out in two weeks. Um, so I jump on a plane two weeks later, uh, fly out to New Brunswick. Uh, I've never been to the East Coast once in my life. Not once. I've never, I'm not going to say I didn't have a desire. I always wanted to go, but it's like, I don't have time. Um, we're about to fly in family vacation, our first family vacation, actually second family vacation in 10 years uh, to go over to France. So we're leaving two weeks after that. My wife is majorly pissed like you can't understand how mad she is she's like we don't have enough money to go on this trip you're going flying off to look at a property we can't afford and all this sort of stuff and she's like you've never even been out there i'm like i'm going now uh so i get out there and i basically tell the real estate agent um i'll give you 90 grand I, i still need to convince my wife though so if i can convince my wife um that i'll take this property so I get out there, fall in love with the property. Wife goes, absolutely not. Not a chance. Can't afford it. I've never seen it. Don't want it. Don't have any interest at all. <laughs> so we go to France. And needless to say, I'm just salivating at the idea. Wife says no. I'm dreaming. Uh, I think we had four fights in France about this property. Uh, fights in the sense that it's like, I really want it. She's like, no. Uh, if you do it, I'll kill you. That's like, and, you know, she's she's Mexican-Irish, if that means anything. She's a little bit hot-tempered. Um, and it's beautiful in that sense. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for her. So, um, so I appreciate everything she's done. So she tells me no. So I tell the real estate agent in September that the answer is no. We're not, we're, we're not moving forward on this. And I was moping around for about two months. Just like opportunity lost. This is like a dream property for me. This is amazing. Then I come up with a great idea. She's like, she's always wanted to go to New York on a family vacation. And so what I do is I purchase three tickets to New York for her, my daughter, and myself. And it's like December 
21st to the 24th. So three days stint right before Christmas. And there's no more magical place in the world than New York at Christmas time. And so I go to Colleen, uh, wife's name, and it's like, Colleen, anywhere in the world you want to go for a weekend, I'll take you there. And she goes, well, I really want to go to New York. And I'd lay down three plane tickets. She's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But I just want to let you know that we're going December 1st. We're going to New Brunswick. So I lay down three tickets, take her and my daughter to New Brunswick. And we walk out. Um, we get to the property. And she's, like, looking at me. She looks at the house. I'm like, don't even look there. I turn her away. And we walk by the house because I need her to see the view from the ocean front. And so we get there. And my neighbors, they have a big, giant goat. I didn't know goats follow you like dogs. <laughs> so this goat, his name's Jim. We named it Gigi because we, we, we don't know how to tell like goats and sex at all. Even though I grew up in the country, I didn't have goats. Um, so we, this, this, this goat follows us. And, like My wife is falling in love with the goat. My daughter's in love with this goat. And it's like undulating this land. Um, but we get to the, the, the cliff and it's a 90 foot cliff. It's actually on the backside of a mountain as well. It just gets, the property gets way better. And we're sitting there on these rocks and there's these two acres of open exposed, uh, basically like shale style rock. And my daughter's like lying down. It happens to be the sunniest day in the history of December in New Brunswick. It's like 18 degrees or something like that. It's absolutely beautiful. And is it probably actually eight degrees? And, my, my, my daughter's like lying there um, and I'm like, Ty, should we get the property? And she gives me the thumbs up and I'm like, Colleen, look at that. And my wife goes, thumbs up. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so my advice to everyone, follow your dreams. And when you hit turbulence, speed up. Don't slow down. <laughs> you know, you just might as well just go full force, get to the other side. What was it? Winston Churchill used to say, if you're in hell, keep running, keep going, yeah, exactly. keep going. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the same <laughs> sort of same idea, but I've just been, I've been fortunate in the sense that I've never given up not once in my passions and my dreams and my levels of want for achievement. And it's like, you know, that doesn't mean I haven't failed or I won't fail. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just look at that. It's like, oh, okay, keep going. Um, I have one life that I'm aware of. Um, so I'm going to drive forward and live and help out as many people as I can. And I'm fortunate in the sense that I've created a legacy product. You know, I'm similar to Joseph Pilates. This will continue long after I'm dead. You know, the amount of people now talking about isometric-based exercise is incredible um, throughout the world. And I have the ability to phone them up instantly and sort of say, hey, you know, this is who I am. I'm kind of a guy with like over 20 patents in the subject area. Um, I got a whole bunch of products. Um, let's talk. Like I, I, I need to form a team with like-minded individuals, um, whether it's me helping them learn, whether it's them helping me learn and look at things different. Like it's been just awesome. Um, and I'm a, you know, a science junkie. I, I read studies. I don't read textbooks. I don't read, um, you know, read for pleasure. I read for, if it says the word isometrics, um, I read that study. Like I Google scholar every day I go through Google scholar to see if a, there's something new or there's a different subject I missed. Um, so at one point in time I was reading 10 studies a day. 
um, you know, as mildly obsessed, like extremely obsessed, um, because it was like that proof in the pudding type thing. You wanted to sort of say, hey, people like when people question it, ask about it because they don't know about it. So it's like, OK, become the world's leading expert in a subject area. Cool. I have no problem telling people I'm probably that guy. You know, there might be some obscure guy I don't know about, but uh, probably not. Um, well, the, the other part of the equation, which you just spoke a little bit about, which I is kind of the way you and I met, um, you also seem to have this gregarious capacity to sort of just introduce yourself and, you know, create something and create, you know, whether it's different tentacles of relationship, et cetera, where, where does that come from? You don't have sort of a, a concern about uh, making connections, exploring connections, uh, because that, that's the other part of the equation of having success with, you can have a great tool, toy, et cetera. But if you, nobody knows about it, it doesn't really matter much. Right. No, exactly. And, you know, I, I heard about you many, many, many years ago. Um, cause you had went through the MAT internship right before me. Um, so I think you were 2003, 2002, mm-hmm. um, where I was 2004. Right. So I've heard of you, I think at one point in time, like 20 years ago, I reached out to you, um, <laughs> you know, um, and it was kind of like, okay, well, you're with the Alouettes, I think at the time. And it was like, um, okay, cool. At some point in time, we'll connect. So you've always been on my radar. And then you brought back the Hockey Performance Summit. I'm like, oh, I want to be in hockey. Hockey athletes can benefit from stuff. Um, I don't know. Do you know a guy named Kerry Goulet with Stuff Concussions? No, I don't know. Oh, you should have him on your show. He's, he's What he's done, he teamed up with Keith Primo um, and formed this organization called Stop Concussions. So they're, mm. they're around the world. So I've been involved with Kerry in just a educational capacity and just basically giving my viewpoint since 2006. Mm. Um, and it's like, I, I want to be in the hockey space. There's too many people getting concussions. Here's a way that you can actually reduce the risk of concussions by increasing the basically the, the contractility of the muscle structure. So on impact, you don't get displaced. And when you reduce that ability or you increase the ability for the muscular system to fire and absorb stuff, obviously it's going to create less impact of the brain sort of sloshing around in the skull. Um, so it's like, cool, we can help with that. Um, can't eliminate concussions, but we can reduce the severity. And, you know, as mentioned, I, I've had something like 15 of them um, because I, I didn't win all these fights um, that I got into, as I mentioned. And... Yeah, so it's just been an interest, it's unbelievable, interesting journey. But I do reach out to people because all they can say is no. Or if they say no, well, why? Why don't you want to help people? Why don't you want to be involved in something that can transform the lives of billions of people, not millions, not hundreds of thousands? We need to create a groundswell to say, hey, here's a component of human movement that we just blatantly forgot. It's not unimportant. We've been sitting here isometrically for the last 45 minutes, right? So you look at your office workers. How does that benefit them? Being able to sit in a chair with better levels of muscular endurance, right? Like, um, you know, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had, a guy named Dr. Stuart McGill, who I know the world pretty much knows. Um, so I sent, sent Stuart an email, Stu. I sent Stu an email saying, hey, I created this product. Love your input. And I talked to him for two and a half hours on a Sunday morning while he was sitting at his cottage to the point he apologized for occupying my time because he was going on too long. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like draw like jaw on the ground. Like I'm talking to Stu McGill. Uh, 
over my mind. And it's like, so just the generosity of the people that I've met over the course of my career, I, I, I couldn't be more thankful for. And without everybody's support, I wouldn't be where I am. And I wouldn't have driven to where I need to be, um, which is, you know, I, I tell people I'm now at the starting line. You know, I'm now prepared. Um, you know, we have two products, two price points. We have a media company to support everything. But the world is talking about it. A decade ago when I came out, oh, my God, isometrics, what's that? You know, now at least they're like, oh, I've heard of that. Okay, good. That's a start. Um, so, <laughs> you know, and it's, but there's thousands upon thousands of studies associated with it. And we traditionally, we measure, because in universities, whether they're master's or doctoral theses or theses, um, most people study in iso- like study isometric force output. And then we extrapolate that over to the dynamic realm. But now we're starting to learn that there's a different side of the nervous system associated with isometrics as there is associated with dynamics. You need to have a strength and you need motor control. And the combination of both of them create movement. So if you if you don't have the isometric component to it, motor control becomes impaired. That's why athletes and the general population gets injured a lot more frequently than they should. That's why we're dealing with crises such as chronic pain and injury and heart disease and obesity and all this because we just aren't prepared to move. Mm -hmm. So I fill in that gap. I help people prepare to move and then do whatever the activities you guys love to do. Um, I'm not going to sit here and judge. Um, They're at just higher risk. We can help lower that risk. You know, obviously you work with athletes all the time and uh, you know, a component of what you guys do is isometrics. Why do you do it? Well, because it helps. If it was, Mm -hmm. if it didn't have utility, you wouldn't do it. Yeah, so. it's beautiful. I love love your mission. Love having you on. Um, an hour has passed quite quickly. I'm going to hit you Damn, with I your last question. <laughs> <laughs> you make make my job easier. There, I just got to steer the boat a little bit here and there. Um, last question: If you're, you know, you're going to pass from this earth one day, hopefully not for a long time. What do you want to? What do you want people to remember you for? I want them to remember me for, I'm a simple guy from a small town who grew up with a passion of helping people. I want them to continue that mission, just help pay it forward, whatever it is, whether it's walking by somebody on the street and they drop something, be, be kind, pick the thing up. Don't just walk by that person and let them fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we've lost over the last little while, I believe anyways, we're going the wrong direction. We're losing the sense of community. We're losing that sense of helping people move forward. Just be kind to your fellow man. And I want people to recognize that my sole mission is to help people. I've never been about making money. I've never been about, oh, let's sell more product. It's um, not what I'm about. I don't buy my product. Don't actually care. What I care about is resolving hypertension, you know, because that's mm-hmm. passionate to me because my mom's dad died when she was 15 years old. So that's relative to me. And I don't think people should live in chronic pain. I think we need to provide a better solution than what we've currently been selling for the last sort of, you know, 45 years. And, you know, honestly, I believe, and this offends a lot of people, I believe the exercise industry has failed miserably over the last 40 years because there's one in seven people that belong to fitness in the United States. So that means the message that we're using isn't working. Mm. And I think if we took an approach that sort of said, hey, I can help you out versus, hey, I can beat you down, 
because that's what we're selling in the fitness industry. I think we can help out so many more people because fitness, it's basically the fountain of youth. And, you know, so we're, we're able to do that. And uh, so, yeah, yeah that would be that. my answer. Love that message, my friend. So to finish up, how can people, if they want to get a, a unit or they want to connect with what you're doing, how do they do that? Uh, my email is brad at isofit, I-S-O-P-H-I-T.com. Um, if you want to pick up an MSK, it's isofitmsk.ca. And that's isofit um, with a PH instead of an F. Scotty, it's been an absolute blast, buddy. It's been a blast, sir. Well, I can't wait to do it in person. And uh, can't wait to have you down for the Hockey Summit next year. And thanks for taking the time today, my friend. Uh, thank you. And I, I will be there. I'll be a strong supporter with you guys for a long time. So mm-hmm. awesome, dude. Thanks for your time today. Have a good one. Yeah, you, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today. And we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.